Welcome to Lawyers Who Care, the video show podcast that highlights attorneys who go above and beyond for their clients. And on each episode, we will meet a new lawyer and they will share stories of when they went beyond legal counsel for the benefit of their client. My name is Andrew Samlin. I'm the principal of Samlin Wealth, a nationally recognized wealth management firm for lawyers, law firms, and their clients. And let's applaud lawyers who care and learn from them. Today, my special guest is James Davidson, and he specializes in estate planning and elder law from the Davidson Law Group from Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. Welcome, James. Thank you, Andrew. Hello, everybody. Great. So, uh, James, uh, tell us about how you came to become a lawyer. Sure. So um, my brother and I um, became lawyers at the same time. So he's, he's a couple of years older than me. And we ended up going to law school at the same time and came out. And, uh, and for a couple of years, when you know, it's kind of getting our feet under us and learning how to practice law, we worked for other people. But the plan was always to open our own practice. So when the opportunity uh, arose, we, we took that opportunity and started uh, a law firm in, in Fort Worth, Texas, that being Davidson Law Group. And uh, so we went to law school together, but, you know, our, our, our practice areas are estate planning, elder law and probate. And the reason why we chose those practice areas really stems on a personal story uh, having to do with my maternal grandfather. And um, we called him granddad and he was a, a World War II veteran and he fought in the Pacific. And um, after the war, he came back to D.C. and he went to college and, and uh and in D.C. is where he met my grandmother and they got married and you know, he worked for uh, International Harvester for his entire career. And he retired in Austin, Texas, which is where I grew up. And um, and when he retired, you know, like any good retiree, he got his estate planning done. So he went to an attorney and he got his will and he got his powers of attorney and he thought that he was taken care of. Well, after um, after a fall that led to a hospital stay that led to the discovery of cancer in 2008, he never went back to his home. He, he uh, transitioned to a uh, to a nursing facility. And, and not long after that, my grandmother joined him and uh, he died in, in 2016 in a nursing facility and spent eight years in that nursing facility. And and after that eight year period, everything that they had accumulated during their entire life, worked hard for was gone. And now my grandmother, who's 99 years old, she's still alive um, and doing well. And she's uh, in a nursing home in Fort Worth, Texas, and it, she's bankrupt. And it, so that she doesn't have to go on Medicaid and receive you know, state funding, my mother and her siblings uh, took, you know, they pay out of pocket to, to uh, take care of her. And had we known at the time when my grandfather first got sick, that there were some estate planning tools that we could have utilized, one, to get him VA assistance, and two, to protect assets in, in, um, from the nursing home and provide alternative sources of, of um, income or um, payment for that care, we could have saved a tremendous amount of money for them and, and, um, and dignity as well. And so that really spurred um, our desire to come into this area of law. So my brother and I both practice in, in the same areas. Hmm. And is that the main focus of the practice? I, um, I know this, you know, there's elder law and estate planning, they go hand in hand, other family law matters that you, uh, uh, that you uh, subsumed into those two areas? So we don't practice any family law. We're, we're all things estates. So um, estate planning and elder law. Really, what elder law is is it's estate planning for the considerations uh, of the elderly, right? And that's um, lack of capacity, um, long-term care issues. How are they going to pay for that? 
Um, and so, um, you know, it's really just utilizing various estate planning tools to um, to protect assets and provide for alternative sources of uh, income or paying for, for that care. So while we were chatting before uh, the podcast started, you had told us a great, uh, timely and topical uh, uh, story. You want to share that with everyone watching today? Sure. Yeah. And, you know, I, I hate to be the type of person that, that beats a dead horse and talks about, you know, the, the COVID and the pandemic. And, and um, but, you know, in, in preparing for this podcast, I just really kept coming back to this story as as being important. Um, and, you know, I want to to reiterate that, you know, at our, at our practice, we um, you know, it's a it's a value of ours um, and it's part of our culture to be distinct. And, and the fact that we always go above and beyond for our clients and and uh, and, you know, make sure that we're approachable and uh, relatable to clients and sort of break that barrier of, of kind of, how, you know, clients or the public's perceived public perceives attorneys. Um, <clears throat> but in this one particular story, this was this was back in March of last year, so March of 2020, um, there were some clients that I'd met with as a married couple. Uh, they lived here in North Texas and we designed a, a, a trust plan for them. So, you know, we planned for, you know, a revocable living trust and all of their ancillary documents and pour over wills, powers of attorney and things of that nature. So it was a pretty routine case. And so I, I believe I met with them initially in, in February and we were scheduled for a, a signing in March, right? And um, and with estate planning, it's it's pretty antiquated where, um, you know, you can't you can't do e-signatures. You got to have have wet signatures mm -hmm. and meet with clients in person and have witnesses present present and notaries and go through um, attestation and swearing cl clients in and witnesses in. And so it, it's it's really difficult to do it virtually. And before the pandemic it was never even a thought. Um, so we met with the clients in February and we had a signing scheduled for March. And between that time and the first part of March of last year is when the world shut down, right? And so it was an interesting dynamic shift is that you had um, didn't have access to clients, you know, in person like you used to. But the demand for estate planning just was, you know, went through the roof because people were obviously um, nervous and scared and, and uh, were faced with their mortality. And so the demand went up, but our access to clients uh, was um, in a lot of ways inhibited. And so for, for this first signing, this was our first signing during the pandemic, we had to figure out how we were going to do this. And so it was really, it's really a great story of, of um, community getting together and helping one another. So my clients in their neighborhood had some really great neighbors. Um, one was a notary and a couple of them were just some really good friends. And so we created this plan where we would have different outdoor stations um, where they would conduct this signing, where they had their um, their laptop. And I was I was you know virtually uh, zooming in just like this. And I helped facilitate the signing and walked through each of the documents with them. And I um, performed the attestations. And uh, and, you know, the client would go from station to station with their mask on outdoors, having the witnesses sign their spots and the notaries sign their spots. And it was really, really unique. And um, that sort of the blueprint that we use for um, for the months um, that uh, proceeded to, to facilitate these signings. And it just really stood out. And, and the clients were very appreciative. And uh, in fact, they uh, um, got a lot of business out of it after that because they really appreciated how we were able to. Uh, adapt and uh, and figure out a way to get it done because a lot of attorneys just stopped working for a period of time. Right. Um, the time where where um, you know 
the public needed us the most. And could first off, that's fascinating, and I applaud the creativity. <clears throat> um, were the courts able to keep up with you, or did you find that uh, you know you were able to do things that the court, by virtue of its structure, couldn't, or did they keep up and create their own you know means and methods? So the the courts shut down for a period of time, and there there were what, what they would consider essential hearings that they had to have regarding guardianships and matters relating to minors and um, emergency hearings. Um, but for the most part, if it wasn't an emergency, then you couldn't have a hearing. Um, and I, I think it was probably three or four months before they really laid the groundwork for virtual um, hearings. And so, the, you know, we don't go to court a lot. Um, in fact, this week I haven't been in court maybe four or five times. Um, but uh, when we do, it's it's for probate hearings, um, whether contested or uncontested. And um, and so within, you know, three or four month period after um, the lockdown, um, the courts adjusted um, and started utilizing Zoom. And so we were able to conduct hearings um, using Zoom. So it was it was interesting. So you had a busy 18 months. Yes, it's been very, busy, very busy. And, you know, not only that, your clients can sleep at night, too, which is you know, something that is uh, in short supply. Absolutely. And I tell clients that, you know, we're, we're attorneys, but we broker peace of mind. And so that's that's something that's really important to us, that the clients have all of their state planning documents in order where if something did happen, they have a plan and it's a good plan. And uh, and so, yes, my, my clients and, and, you know, the clients of our firm, um, they do have that, that peace of mind and that reassurance that uh, that everything's going to be taken care of. That's great. James, James, thank you so much for the time today. Uh, again, uh, thanks to my uh, guest, James Davidson, he specializes in the state planning and elder law from the Davidson Law Group in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. James, for those that want to contact you, can you give us your phone number twice? Thank you, Andrew. Yes, our phone number is 817-900-6529. That's 817-900-6529. Great. And they can find you in Google and other social media outlets? You can find us on our website, which is yourtexaslegacy.com, spelled out. And so all of our social media and contact information can be found on our website. Got it. Thanks, James. This has been the Lawyers Who Care podcast, the video show that highlights attorneys who go above and beyond for their clients. I think James just gave a great example of that. My name is Andrew Samlin. I'm the principal of Samlin Wealth. And if you know someone who might qualify for this podcast or you are an attorney, uh, please feel free to reach out to us. It's info at samlinwealth.com. Again, that's info at samlinwealth.com. And let us know. James, thank you for joining us. And everyone have a great day. Thank you, Andrew.